0: Welcome to the Martech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk a little bit about data and analytics. Joining us is Aaron Clymer, who is the founder and CEO of Data Climber, which is a next gen data and analytics consulting firm that empowers client success by unlocking the value of data through the implementation of modern cloud data solutions that drive positive results, accessibility, and actionable insights. And today, Aaron and I are going to discuss how you can become a data hero. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Aaron Clymer, the founder and CEO of Data Clymer. Aaron, welcome to the Martech podcast.
2: Great to have me here. Thank you.
1: Excited to have our conversation. I've been looking forward to this. We've been focused more and more on getting our data and our analytics ducks in a row here at the MarTech podcast, our parent company, I Hear Everything. We're trying to build a podcast remarketing service where we're extracting all of the data that we get from our podcasts and reformatting it into something that we can give to ad platforms to retarget the people that are listening to podcasts. As it turns out, this stuff is relatively complex. It's not as easy as extract, enrich, and send. Let's talk a little bit about some of the problems that not only I am having, but the rest of the marketers out there. How do we become better understanding and manipulating data? How can we all become our own data heroes? I'm really
2: glad you actually brought up right away how data is difficult. The advertisement is we can stand up a cloud data stack in 10 minutes. You can have data flowing in an hour and you can be off the races. But the reality is data is still difficult. And it's because raw data is never easy to use. There's always a manipulation of that. There's always like curation, transformations, all this stuff to get data ready to actually be used by your end users, systems and so forth. That's kind of why a company like ours exists. You, You do need data professionals to get you from point A to point B in a lot of cases. The beauty is that you're doing this in one place, single source of truth, doing it once. Once it's running and operational, you're getting the benefit for a long, long time. And what I'm so excited about these days working in these cloud technologies that are like night and day from 10 years ago in this whole space of data warehousing and data analytics is that it is much, much, much easier, even though it's still, there's still a lot of work, but the uh, maintenance and sort of care and feeding of these systems is way, way easier.
1: So give me the rundown here because I was surprised when I started building our podcast remarketing tool of not only the technology, but the complexity associated with it. We are using Amazon S3. We've got a data feed that drops all of our podcast data into you know an S3 bucket. That's not a data warehouse. That's something different. It's not a server. It's this kind of other thing so i'm gonna pretend to play dumb i'm not really pretending walk Hmm. me through the difference between a server a data warehouse what is a cloud hosting solution how should we think about the sort of foundation of where our data goes for marketers
2: the way to think about it is like it sounds it's a place where you store a bunch of data a data warehouse but it's built and architected specifically for analytics and scanning a lot of data. So you could have billions of rows of data and it can scan that pretty quick and give you an answer. So you can ask questions quickly. So they're designed for large storage of big, big data, quote, large, large amounts of data and being able to then scan and analyze that quickly. A data warehouse has a bunch of features that make that easy. There's a language called SQL, SQL, and it's been around for 40 years. And a formal data warehouse will be fully SQL compliant, meaning you can do pretty much anything that SQL can do in there. And I just say that because that's the difference between like an S3 bucket where you're just storing some data and then you have to manipulate it with maybe all these different languages, Python and so forth. It's a lot more tech heavy and coding and very nerdy to to do all that, kind of what you're doing. It's a lot of data management and manipulation through a lot of different pieces of technology in Amazon's cloud in your case. If it was formally in a data warehouse, and then you had sort of deconstructed that data to make it easy to use, imagine it putting it into a table that looks like Excel with a lot of columns and rows, and it's pretty simple to understand once you've got it in that format, then you can consume that by a zillion different applications and products in a self-service way, in a way that the end user, a marketer, doesn't have to be technical at all. They just literally drag and drop and then can explore data ad nauseum, or they can put together whatever they need to put together from that data. So it just gives you a bigger platform to do this stuff really well and fast and easy.
1: So what's the benefit of using something like S3 or the cloud hosting solutions? I'm a little confused about there's cloud hosting and then there's also cloud data warehouses. I have to put my data somewhere where it's hosted, but then it is injected into a data warehouse, which seems to be a place to host the same data, but in a format that is a little bit more accessible, mostly if you know SQL. Well, why do I need an S3 bucket, that storage, if I'm just going to restore everything in the data warehouse?
2: You actually don't. And the, the dirty truth is that under the covers, it's using S3 to get data in and out. And There's all sorts of stuff going on. But just like with any piece of software, you get what you purchase you can put together a lot of data infrastructure, like sounds like you guys might be doing very affordable, however, pretty technical and requiring a lot of engineering work to get it to run. And there's also performance. It might work fine for you guys, but a lot of companies are not going to be able to get data directly at S3 at any kind of performant way that scales with a lot of employees hitting it at the same time. So you really want it in a data warehouse where it can handle all those problems of like scalability, concurrency, all the things you would want your end users to be able to scale as much as they can and not encounter any problems. So you'll pay a little more, but you'll get a bunch of functionality that you like.
1: Now, data accessibility, having your data in a warehouse that you can query is one problem. We're also talking about multiple different sources of data that marketers are dealing with. There's been the rise of the CDPs. And now my understanding is that there is a trend in reverse ETL CDPs. And so... Far be it from me to understand the difference between a CDP, a data warehouse, and a reverse ELT CDP, these all sound like TLAs that are confusing to me. They are. Walk me through the purpose of the various different solutions here.
2: And there's a ton of vernacular we can go through, but I'll try to stay away from it all
1: the bottom line is really
2: interesting. Again, what I love about any system I want to implement and what I love about the systems that we do implement at our clients is that they're very open. You can do anything you want. There's really no limitation. You can bring in any data you want from any data source. You can manipulate it any way you want. So you never get stuck. And I love that. I love being able to do whatever you want. Now you're going to need some technical expertise to do it. It's not just plug and play. And there are various vendors you have to put together for a full solution architecture. There's usually three or four or five even to have a full solution. But the nice thing is it doesn't take very many people of technical prowess to do that well. And CDPs try to do that for you. They try to host it for you, package it for you, and then you don't need the technical expertise. Problem is they're hosting for a lot of clients and they're trying to reuse the same thing. And so there's customizations are hard. You know, Anytime you have a customization, you want to do something special just for you, nobody else is doing you're stuck. And we actually find a lot of companies out there get so frustrated with that process that they migrate off of a CDP onto what we would call a fully owned system by them, where they're just buying the components and the pieces. We put it together. They can put it together too. We train our clients how to do this, but put it together once, once you get it running and going, there's always care and feeding, but then you have a system where you'll never get stuck. That's the way I think about it. It's like fully customizable if you own all the pieces so the data warehouse. I'll explain reverse ETL just really briefly, maybe ETL. There's three steps to any data warehouse. One, implement, you need the data warehouse. Two, you got to get data into it. And these days, companies are running their entire firm on 20, 30, 50, sometimes 100 SaaS applications, right? Think about every single application you have to run your company. Every single one of those is a data source. If you really want to understand your company, your customer in a full 360, everything about what you're doing, you really should get data from every operational system you have into one place. So you got to get the data in. That's just ETL or ELT, building pipelines to get it in. The reason you do the reverse, so the reverse is getting it from the data warehouse back out into those systems, is so that those systems can take advantage of data that they didn't have before. So an example would be your email marketing platform. If you have a new statistic about your customers from another system, like their web usage history or their usage of your products, maybe anything coming from another location, you can ship that back out to your email marketing platform to then use that to segment and so forth and take advantage of that piece of data that you didn't have in your email marketing system. So the reverse ETL is to get it back out. And that's what we often call operational analytics. You're going from the classic use case of data warehousing, which is internal just analytics and exploration and dashboarding, to actually using that data back in your operational systems. And actually where the whole industry is heading is you're going to start running your whole company on the data warehouse. It's becoming very, very valuable.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. So what I'm hearing from you is an ETL is essentially read access and a reverse ETL is write access where the information is going not into your data warehouse, but you're able to take the information from the warehouse and push it back to a marketing system so you can run some sort of a campaign. As we start to think about how marketers can not only digest what these systems are, but how to better use them, what's your advice for taking the stereotypical dummy marketer like me? and actually turning them into somebody that has better access, control, and understanding of their data.
2: Again, I think that the beauty of this space is that there are so many awesome self-service tools. So let's get all your data in the data warehouse. Let's get it organized and efficient, make it easy to understand. And then let's get it in front of all the marketers so they can ad hoc explore. I'll give you one example. There's a pattern that we have been implementing more recently, which is just a very simple data model of a single table. So imagine one table in your database, essentially your data warehouse, that has every interaction of your prospect. You've got every email, click, open, read. You've got every website visit. You've got every content consumption. You've got even physical visits if you have stores. All that information in a single table, so you have the complete prospect history and journey in one place. And then imagine exposing that to marketing analysts who could just ask questions ad nauseum all day long. What are the top three things people do before they buy? What are the top two things they do before they you know, get to this webinar or this content? Whatever it is, you can ask that all day long and get amazing insights into how you should be then marketing to these segments of customers. That's the beauty is that there's a lot of self-service tools that allow non-technical marketers to just access all the raw data and do a lot of research and then activate it after that.
1: I was really expecting your answer to be everybody should learn SQL. And I've heard that a million times. And maybe that's just the old school way of thinking about marketing is if you can't get access to the data, you're not going to be a very good marketer. And the truth is some marketers are technical and are gonna be able to grasp the language and control and manipulate their data by just accessing it directly. And other marketers are gonna use other vehicles to understand their business. So the last question I have for you. What is the replacement for understanding the language, being able to go directly into SQL for the marketers who don't want to invest the time in learning a new language? You mentioned there are self-service tools. Are there standards or specific tools that marketers should rely on to be able to get access to that data? Well,
2: let me give you a couple concrete examples. I'll use some of our partners and I'll just say that We're not resellers of this technology. We are technology neutral, sort of systems integrator. At the end of the day, we pick the best technology on the market because it's best in class. And we want to work with this data or these technologies. And we want our clients to have a great experience. So in the marketing solution specifically, there's two products that make a lot of sense. One is a business intelligence and data exploration tool called Sigma Computing. It has a spreadsheet interface. We're all familiar with enough with spreadsheets that I think it's very easy to understand how this might work. You just could be querying a billion row table. This table I talked about, right, with every interaction of your prospects could be showing up in a spreadsheet and you could scroll through it for a long time through millions and millions of rows, or you can quickly ask questions and how to aggregate, filter, and slice that data. But you're just using a spreadsheet as you almost would Excel. So it's literally just filtering, pivoting, which is easy enough. You can create new columns, new calculated fields using functions, whatever you want to do. No SQL required. All the tool is doing is generating SQL actually live against your data warehouse and then bringing back results. So it's doing all the heavy lifting for you. So a great example of like a simple tool that anybody could learn and understand how to use. A marketing analyst could do that. The next step is doing something with your data. If you don't take action, there's no point in doing any of this stuff, right? So how are you going to create an audience? What kind of campaign should we put in together? How do you make these decisions? Well, there's other tools like Flywheel Software is one of our other partners. They have a tool that sits right on top of the data warehouse, is querying the exact same data that Sigma would be querying. Let's say you have a master customer record of every one of your customers or prospects in a single place, and you've done the data curation of that then their tool will create audiences and help you figure out campaigns, A-B testing, all that stuff, integrate with your email marketing system, blah, blah, blah. But the idea is that it's a data cloud-first marketing tool that's querying live your data warehouse data. You don't have to ingest the data from somewhere else. You don't have to build that reverse ETL pipeline, actually, because it's just using the data that you already have.
1: What a relief. We don't have to go and learn SQL. And sorry for everybody that already knows SQL. Now, it turns out, there's tools that can help do all the work you would be using with SQL, and they just live on top of your data warehouse. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Aaron Clymer, the founder and CEO of Data Climber. Join us again tomorrow when Aaron and I continue our conversation talking about how you can constantly optimize your campaign performance. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Aaron, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Dataclimber. That's D-A-T-A-C-L-Y-M-E-R. Or you can visit his company's website, which is dataclimber.com. Again, it's D-A-T-A-C-L-Y-M-E-R.com.